Does God need our sacrifices? Does God need our mitzvahs? What do they do for God? Welcome to the Transformative Daf. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on Daf Zion, page 7 of Tractate Chagiga, and we learn that God doesn't need anything from us. He simply wants a relationship with us. He gives us opportunities to be able to connect with Him, but mostly He wants us to invite Him into our lives. No strings attached. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrusa today. I like to begin with the story. During the time of King Ahav, the people of Israel were drifting away from the Torah to the worship of the Baal. Sure, they'd still keep kosher and go to Shul and Shabbos morning, and they still had mezuzahs on the doorposts and put on tefillin quickly each morning before running out to work. But they managed also to find time for the Baal in their lives. Baal was a god that was not the Jewish god. The prophet Elio had had enough. Until when will you sit on the fence worshipping both God and the Baal? He cried out to the people. On one occasion, amidst a terrible drought in the land, Eliyahu was able to demonstrate to the people the power of the true God. Standing atop Mount Carmel, facing down the idolatrous prophets of the Baal, Elio declared, let us each pray to our God and see which is the true deity. The idolaters built an altar and Elio built an altar. They offered a sacrifice and he offered a sacrifice. They prayed to their gods all day long, but there was no response. Elio then doused his sacrifice in water and prayed to Hashem. A fire descended and consumed the holy offering. The people cried out, Hashem is the God, Hashem is the God. Let's look at today's Gemara. These are the mitzvahs that have no measure. Produce in the corner of the field, which is given to the poor, and the first fruits, and the appearance of the, in the temple on the pilgrimage festivals, and acts of loving kindness and Torah study. What's the mitzvah of appearance? Rabbi Yochanan said, the appearance of one's face in the temple courtyard. And Rabbi Shlakish said, it is the appearance of one's face in the temple with an offering. Rabbi Lakish raised an objection to the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan. It says, and none shall appear before me empty-handed. He said to him, that obligation applies only on the first day of the pilgrimage festival. Rabbi Yochanan then raised an objection to the opinion of Reish Lakish. It says, shall appear, and although the verse can, is written, can be read, will see, it's actually read, shall be seen, meaning that just as I, God, come to see you freely, so too you may come to see me in the temple for free. Let's analyze today's Gemara. What's the mitzvah of being seen in the temple? Rabbi Yochan understands the mitzvah as referring simply to appearing in the temple. But Reish Lakish teaches that it refers to showing up with a sacrifice on hand to offer. Rabbi Yochanan challenges Reish Lakish. He says the obligation to appear in the temple reads, he shall be seen, but it really is written, he shall see. The meaning of the dual implication is that just like God sees us freely, no strings attached, so too, we're allowed to show up and see him freely with no strings attached. Some people are scared of letting Hashem into their lives because they feel that they're appearing before him empty-handed. Due to their inadequate mitzvah performance track record or even mere perceptions of inadequacy, they feel unworthy of entering his presence. There are others who fear having a relationship with Hashem because of the obligation that would necessitate. They tell themselves that inviting Hashem into their lives essentially means committing to keeping everything. Not yet ready to commit, they convince themselves that if they are not really sure about Hashem, 
they can simply go on living life how they choose, guilt-free. And so they avoid the big, tough questions of life's meaning and purpose. They go through life sitting on the fence, keeping their options open, doing a little of this and a little of that, but never jumping in feet first. That was the problem with the Israelites during Eliyahu's period. They didn't really want to commit 100%, and so they drifted through life hedging their bets. But the Almighty says, I come with no strings attached. Let's start a conversation. Invite me into your life. Don't feel that you can't talk to me without making a full commitment. I want to have a relationship with you, regardless of where you're up to spiritually and religiously. You see, Hashem doesn't need anything from us at all. The reason He asks for a sacrifice is so that we don't feel that we've arrived empty-handed. Giving Him an offering makes us feel closer to Him and more comfortable communicating with Him. But it's not a prerequisite. First and foremost, He wants us to see Him and develop a relationship with Him, to lean on Him throughout our day, to wake up and thank Him, to acknowledge, praise, and beseech Him every step of the day, and then to thank Him as we lay our head down at the end of the day. The story is told of Shlomo and Itzik, who served side by side in their elite sniper unit of the Israeli Defense Force. They could talk about anything with one another, politics, sports, family life, but one subject was taboo, religion. The two young men had grown up on different ends of the religious spectrum. Shlomo's parents were Orthodox Jews from Canada who had made Aliyah when he was a child. Itzik grew up on a staunchly secular kibbutz. No matter how hard Shlomo tried to discuss Judaism with his friend, Itzik always changed the subject. One day they were together on mission in Gaza when they suddenly found themselves surrounded by the enemy. Fearing that this was a final moment, Shlomo crouched down, picked his right hand up to his eyes and cried out, Shema Yisrael, Hero Israel, Hashem is our God, Hashem is one. All of a sudden, a shiver runs down his spine as he hears his best friend chanting the verse along with him. It's sick, he cries. What are you doing? I thought you don't believe in God. With tears streaming down his face, Itzik responds, Well, you never know, just in case. We all have our doubts, but that should never hold us back from inviting Hashem into our lives. We shouldn't wait until we find ourselves in the proverbial foxhole to start having a relationship with the Almighty. May you appear before him and may he appear before you in every aspect of your life. Wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the Transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Dvar Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, the transformative Duff.